0: Hey everyone, welcome to another edition of the Players Experience Podcast. On today's episode, we are chatting with former Olympic gold medalist and WWE wrestler, it's true, it's damn true, it's Kurt Angle. We're talking with Kurt about his career with the Olympics and winning a gold medal with a broken neck, as well as his time with the WWF and WWE, and who some of his favorite opponents were from back then, as well as some of his favorites to watch now. We're also going to talk about his milk truck incident with Steve, some called Steve Austin, and so much more. Before we bring Kurt onto the show, we just want to thank our production team and our marketing team for all their work on the, each and every episode and the merch for the show as well. Make sure to hit up these companies with the Players Experience discount code for some great discounts on some great merch as well. And if you haven't done it yet, it's time to do so now. Hit that subscribe button. Hit that bell. Make sure that you're following us on YouTube, Spotify, and Apple Podcasts so that you don't miss any of our great episodes uh, when they come out. And Without further ado, let's bring on Kurt and talk about his wrestling career. All right, Kurt Angle, how are you, sir?
1: I'm doing well, thank you.
0: Good. Thank you so much for taking time. How have things been over the last little while?
1: It's been pretty good. My family's doing well. I'm happy in retirement, so having a good time.
0: <laughs> Come on, you're never out of
1: retirement fully. I'm hoping to see you back in the ring one
0: more time, maybe.
1: Uh, that's probably not going to happen, but you know, I'm pretty busy with my supplement company, and my new podcast, The Kurt Angle Show. So I stay pretty busy.
0: That's awesome. Well, thank you again. Um, it's, it's great to have you on. Where did the passion for wrestling really start for you?
1: Well, I was a little kid, seven years old. My brothers were all wrestlers. I had four older brothers. I had an older sister. My brothers were all wrestlers. My sister was a wrestling cheerleader. And that meant I had to be a wrestler. So I started out at seven years old. I wasn't very good. I was a little bit of a crybaby, very, um, uh, you know, what's the word I'm looking for? Very sensitive. And uh, I was kind of a wuss. (laughs) Uh, But, you know, my brothers toughened me up and I started getting better. And uh, I wanted to be as good as them. And eventually I became better because I had so much passion for the sport.
0: Yeah, and we're gonna talk all about that passion. You started off your wrestling career though in university where you found your way to the 1996 Summer Olympics where you won the freestyle wrestling gold medal and also did it with a broken neck. What was going through your mind dealing with that injury and still taking home the gold?
1: Well, I, I was in a tough situation. I broke my neck at the US Open. It was about two months before the Olympics and I went to the doctor and he told me I was done wrestling. There was nothing I could do. And I had the Olympic trials coming up in about five weeks. And uh, I wanted to, um, you know, the Olympics only comes around once in a lifetime. So this might have been my only opportunity. And I had to weigh in my pros and cons. You know, is it worth it for me to continue on and risk paralysis? Or is it worth it to me just to let it go and try out for the next Olympics? And I thought this might be my only chance. So I have to do something. So I went to another doctor and he came up with an idea where he would give me a healing agent that was non-steroidal because you can't have steroids in the Olympics. And he also decided to numb my neck before each match, five minutes before each match, 12 shots of novocaine in my neck. And it worked extremely well. I couldn't feel the pain, couldn't feel anything. So I was focused on my opponent rather than my neck. And it worked. I did that throughout the trials and the Olympics.
0: That's incredible, and come, like m- being a Special Olympics athlete myself, I know dealing with injuries—not anything that severe—but dealing with injuries, and yeah, you always want to focus on your your injury because you don't want to hurt yourself. But at the same time, you got to focus at the task at hand, right?
1: You're exactly right. That's exactly the right answer.
0: Now, a few years later, after the Olympics, you joined the WWF, which is was later known as the WWE, where. You, After many unaired matches, you won the King of the Ring tournament and would be later crowned the WWF champion. What was the mindset going through those matches, building adversity, and fighting through to get really to the top of the channel and and with the championship in
1: hand? Well, you know, it's a very competitive business. Everybody wants to be at the top, and everybody's fighting for that position. And I was relatively new. You know, my first year, uh, I only trained for about six months, and I started on TV right away. And within a year, I won the world title, which was crazy. So I was just focusing on myself, how I could continue to improve, uh, what areas of my, you know, of my forte that I needed to improve. Uh, a lot of it was my character. Uh, some of it was my wrestling skills. Uh, some of it were my promo skills. And I worked very hard at that, and I was very passionate about it. And eventually, I became world champion, and I became one of the best wrestlers in the company.
0: Yeah, and we're definitely, I have a a quote from one of your former opponents that really highlights how competitive and how great of a performer you are, which we'll get to in a short bit. But, excuse me, after leaving the WWE in 2006, you joined the TNA where you became the inaugural and record six-time TNA champion. During your time in TNA, was there someone that was your favorite opponent to face off against?
1: There were two, uh, AJ Styles and Samoa Joe. Both incredible athletes, great in-ring performers. AJ was more of a high flyer. Samoa Joe was more of a ground grounded pound wrestler. They were both very effective, though, and I enjoyed wrestling them both very much. Every match I had was pretty much four or five stars. It was incredible. Those guys are amazing.
0: Now, that's great. And talking about your promo that you talked about with your wrestling and being a, a promoter for yourself and for the company, a lot of people will remember the milk truck incident where you used the milk truck to soak the Alliance. What was the whole situation like for you? And how much fun did you have hosing down people with milk?
1: Well, you know, the fans remember the matches. They remember the pay-per-view matches and the, the main event matches that you wrestle. But what they really remember is the moments you give them. And a moment like the milk truck incident, that is something the fans are gonna remember forever. And that's the most important thing. When you go on TV, when you're in the WWE or an AEW, you wanna create incredible moments that the fans will remember forever. And that's one of those moments.
0: Uh, and you know what? It was a great moment. I'll be honest. I was a little young for that moment, but I watched it, of course, on YouTube, and it was great. You look like you had a hell of a lot of fun just spraying people with milk, you know? and just like chucking milk at Steve Austin, like, <laughs> yeah. here, you want beer, instead of beer, here's some milk for you, you know?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Instead of the beer, I was throwing milk at him, and it-, it was so much fun. I was spraying down the whole Alliance and Stone Cold Steve Austin, uh, throwing uh, cartons of milk at them. Uh, standing on the, on the truck and just uh, taking in the moment. It was so awesome. I'll never forget. It. it was Sacramento, California, and it was a lot of fun. I'm going to tell you a quick story. Yeah. Uh, afterward, I had to catch a red-eye home. So I had to leave the arena with my gear on, the, the, the stuff I was wearing, sweatpants and tennis shoes, and the milk was, was all over me, and my shoes, my pants. And I went to the airport, uh, checked in. Went on the flight, and in the middle of the flight, everybody's asleep, and everybody starts smelling sour milk. <laughs> everybody's like, who the hell smells like sour milk? And I was so embarrassed. I uh, My shoes, I had to put them under the seat so nobody would know <laughs> that I had my shoes <laughs> on. But it stunk so bad. It was horrible.
0: Oh, man. that's I'm surprised they didn't just stop the flight. I'd be like, what are you doing, man?
1: I know. It was crazy, man. But I, I didn't have time to change. I had to go.
0: No, oh, man. That's funny. Now, between WWF, WWE, your time in Japan, and the TNA, you won 21 championships, and you're a 13-time world champion, as well as a Hall of Famer. What does that all mean to you, looking back at your career and and the matches that you've had, the, the moments, like you said, you've made for the fans? Um, what does that all mean to you and, and having that recognition?
1: Well, you know, going to all these promotions and doing what I did, what I can say about myself is I was the best wrestler of my generation. Without a doubt. I really believe that. Whether it was WWE, TNA, New Japan, it didn't matter. I was the best uh, wrestler of my generation. And I'm very proud of that. I'm very proud of my career and everything that I did. And every promotion I went to, I put everything I had into it.
0: Oh, and that's great, and it really truly showed in the ring. Obviously, uh, for me, uh, I got into wrestling probably about twenty twelve ish. So I didn't get the honor of seeing many of your matches, but
1: you it's know, the tail end of my career.
0: <laughs> yeah, during the appearances that you did make, I had a blast watching you because it was so much fun to see the the moments and also the respect that other wrestlers gave to you when they did like the behind the scenes stuff of WrestleManias and, and different events that you, you would attend and just showing how much respect like wrestlers and up and comers would come and see you and, and want to know like tips and tricks and things about it too. Right.
1: Yeah. Yeah. I I would teach the the younger guys, you know, uh, what, how I became successful and what I did and uh, what they need to do to be successful in the business. I was very giving about that. Uh, I felt like when I first started out, I was the learner and these uh, athletes like Stone Cold and Undertaker and Rock were teaching me. And I felt that obligation when I got better and I got more experienced to to teach the younger guys. And, and that's what I did. I was very proud of that.
0: Now, out of the young guys that are on TV now and, and out there performing and, and everything, who's your favorite uh, superstar slash performer to see in the ring currently?
1: Well, I mean, you know, there there are a lot of great athletes right now. Roman Reigns is, is the guy. I mean, he really uh, sets apart from everybody else. And it's not just because he was, you know, the company's favorite, you know, the guy that they were pushing. I think what he did is he went through his lumps. In other words, the company was pushing him when he probably didn't deserve it, but he stepped up to the challenge and he overcame it. And he actually did better than everybody expected him to. And he became the best athlete in the business, the best wrestler in the business. And uh, to do that under pressure like that is amazing. So I would say Roman Reigns is the guy right now.
0: And that's, it's funny, Roman Reigns is my guy too, because that's when actually I started getting into wrestling a little bit because my my buddy's a huge wrestling fan. He's kind of the one that got me in. We would watch a few pay-per-views. But back when The Shield was the thing, that's when I started kind of really getting vested and, and seeing Dean Ambrose and the, the antics he did, and of course Seth Rollins. But I've always kind of clenched to Roman Reigns as like the, the alpha dog really, and it's been great to see like his performance over the years as well.
1: They were all great performers, Dean Ambrose, Seth Rollins, and Roman Reigns. But I think Roman Reigns just set apart a little bit more than the other guys and had a little more success.
0: Definitely. Now, talking about your opponent that I mentioned earlier that really talked about your legacy, John Cena. John Cena said in an article that you are without question the most gifted all-around performer that has ever stepped into a ring and that there will never be another person like you. How does it feel – Knowing that the impact again that you left behind in your career uh, with past wrestlers, and like what kind of advice would you want to give to the next generations of wrestlers that want to make a name for themselves?
1: Well, it felt really good that John Cena recognized me as what he did, and um, I'm really honored that a lot of the past wrestlers feel I'm one of the greatest wrestlers of all time. That means a lot to me, and the message I would give to the younger guys. Is you have to learn your craft, you have to stay passionate. Um, you know, make sure you you learn how to bump properly, uh, work on your selling, work on your in ring skills, work on your psychology, telling a good story in a match. You can always improve, it doesn't matter how young or how old you are. Every day, you can continue to improve, and you have to have that mindset.
0: That's some great words of wisdom. From Kurt Angle. Also to Kurt, I want to mention before we let you go today, you mentioned at the top of the show about your supplement company and your podcast. What's your podcast about and how did you get started and and where can people find it?
1: Okay. You can find my podcast wherever you get podcasts. It's also on ad free shows and, um, It's about my story, my life story. Um, I tell a lot of wrestling stories in it from the Olympics and professional wrestling, from my personal life. And I also have guests on every month, at least one guest a month. And I have some incredible guests. Uh, Some of them in the past have been Randy Orton, Sasha Banks. Um, I've had Randy Couture, um, a lot of great athletes. Uh, uh, um, I also had... um, Oh, gosh, what's his name? Uh, I can't remember the actor uh, that I had on. I also had my nephew, John Bernthal, on. And uh, it was a lot of fun having him on. He's actually my niece's husband. Uh, he married into my family. And he's a great individual. But, um, yeah, we have guests on every month. And I, I basically tell my stories on the podcast. It's been really successful so far. If and no, If, no, if people out there haven't heard it yet, Check it out. You're gonna like it.
0: Well, thank. You. That's awesome, Kurt. And hey, I may not have the guns that you do, but I have <laughs> some great stories about being a Special Olympics athlete. So if you ever need a yes, you do last minute, let me know, and I'd be happy to come on and chat because it'd be fun to to just be chat with you again. You you got it,
1: man. I'll definitely keep that in mind.
0: Awesome. Well, thank you, Kurt, again for taking the time. I really appreciate it. All the best with 2022 and what's in store for you. And uh, I'm sure we'll talk to you again soon. All right, my friend, take care.